Sanjay. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to... What is this? What? What are we doing? Oh, it's uh, Jay... Hello? J- oh, Japer? Yeah. J... No, wait. Pop- Poppers. Uh, I feel like there used to be a podcast like called Pop and Jay, <laughs> and maybe... That's what we're trying to do again. Welcome to 2018, and wow. welcome to the Pop and Jay podcast show. Incredible! January is almost over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is our it. first one. Well, we're busy, 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 busy people. And who are you, by the way? Uh, I'm Jessica. I'm Jay, the Jay of the Pop and Jay, and that's the pop of the Pop and Jay because he's my pop. And ah. The- and the pop to three others, and the pop pop to now six. Holy cow. I thought <laughs> pop pop was, wait, never mind. I, I can't speak the language yet of what they all call different. Grand, I have a lot of different Grandpapa. <laughs> You're a grandpa to six now, so let's start Indeed. by that. Congratulations. Indeed. We found out we're having another grandkid in the family. Not me, but my brother and sister-in-law are going to have their third Indeed. And so, that that intro voice you heard, the beautiful Alicia. That's is her. Mommy to three now. Well, at least three. Pop's always holding out hope that there's twins in there. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, well, why are we here? Well, we like to talk and we don't get to do actually too much of it anymore. I no, feel like I, I used to talk to you on the phone like 5,000 times a day, and that doesn't really happen anymore, so. Um. Yeah. And a nice segue, I guess, to why why we're here today, very mm-hmm. specifically, is related to that busyness and related to the work thing, right? Well, and also, this podcast is good because I am like almost 95% senile already. You're on your way. And so we can, in the future, press play on these and our our um, posterity can sit us down and say, all right, all right, just sit here and listen to this. And we mm. can listen to ourselves back in the day. It'll be fun. I like it. I used to be smart. So I today, uh, let's let's just jump in since we're short on time, both of us. But mm-hmm. I think what we're going after today is if you're a faithful practicing Catholic Christian, uh, Protestant Catholic, any kind of Christian, uh, Jew, uh, any, any kind of person with faith value, uh, religious values, how do you function in this, in this world, this, this secular unfaithful world what is what is what's it doing to to faith in general, and what does it do to us in our professional lives and in our personal lives? So, mm-hmm. the world, I guess. And well, I'm and it's for, okay. So, topic. I'm a teacher, and you're a police officer, and um, I'm a teacher at a public high school, and I've had this is one of a billion jobs for me and for you, and I think each one has presented their own unique. Um, like issues related to this topic, you know, different pitfalls that a good person, quote unquote, like, and when I say good person, like I understand that people who don't have a religious 
um, compass technically can be moral people, but absolutely. But the first of all, we believe that their their moral their more their moral conscience still comes from God because we that's where we all get it. That's what makes us different than animals. The natural law, but also. I think it's specific to people. Like, okay, if you're an agnostic person, do you have an objective set of morals? Because if you do, then you probably do encounter similar problems. Like, do you yourself have a rule that you believe you need to live by? Like, don't gossip about people or don't think bad about people. Like, and is that just the way that you believe you should live? If you do think that, most likely you are religious or you have objective set of morals you live by in which case in either case you probably do find it difficult to function in society and that's specifically what I'm thinking about I have these this objective set of rules and standards that I want to make God proud all the time and and just live the way I'm supposed to and it feels like literally every part of the world is shouting not to do that or it's easier not to do that or it's maybe Sometimes seemingly even more attractive not to do that. You know, right. it's easy to, in my job as a teacher now, to, let's say, gossip about other teachers or think badly about the kids or talk about them badly or, you know, that kind of thing. And how do I not do that? Or if somebody's being rude to me and horrible to me, a student or a fellow colleague, how do I really deep inside of me not do what is natural and just leave that and go that little piece of crap or that person such a be whatever you know that's the natural inclination that people have and that's what you see like on a lot of like comedy tv shows or reality shows like it's natural for humans to leave a situation where they just argued with someone or someone was rude to them and they're like that piece of crap but we're called oh, yeah. <laughs> to to rise above that and to actually leave that situation trying to pray for that person and think good about them and look at them as God sees them. And you experience very similar kind of things in your job. Well, I, I not that it's a contest, but I will tell you that there's very likely no job on earth where it's more challenging uh, to not think that way about people than mine, than my job. I'll give you, I'll give you the most recent example from the very last, very last, uh, call that I went on yesterday morning, whatever. Um, horrible, horrible, horrible domestic violence thing. Um, this man beat his wife up very badly, uh, choked her, pointed a gun at her, uh, destroyed their residence. I mean, like you would have thought a tornado went through there and he did it all in front of, uh, these beautiful little girls. One of them was five, one is six. And the one who called us was my hero was 13. And he heard we were coming. And so he told his family, he's going to shoot it out with us. And she manages to, it was a long story, but anyway, we, we got this guy and I spent about two hours in that residence with those little girls listening to them tell me, and then daddy did this and then daddy did that. And I think daddy broke my glasses. Can you look for them, Mr. Policeman? And what am I thinking about daddy right now? And, and there is such a thing as righteous anger. In fact, if you don't, 
get righteously angry at something like that. There's something wrong with you. Uh, I, I dare say any of the saints would in that situation have righteous anger, but where does righteous anger end? And the things you said begin where you're just attacking the person. Uh, so what I do with that and many, many, every other, that what I do my very best to do is I try very hard to remember that we are to judge actions, not hearts. And so I know God doesn't make bad people. And I know people do bad things. And, and I actually tell people that I arrest this all the time because they'll say, and, and I'm a crisis negotiator, hostage negotiator. I talk to people and convince them to come out. And one of the common themes is, is they have that opinion about themselves. They're like, oh, I'm a piece of blank. And, and I, I tell them, and I mean it when I tell, I'm sincere. And I say, no, you're not. You, you've done bad things. Who, who hasn't? So yeah, anyway, have, that was kind of a long-winded a... way of saying uh, Probably the number one tool we have is remember that if someone does something that we know to be objectively wrong and even bad and even heinous and evil, we are to judge that. But we have to not let that get in our hearts to where we're, we're judging their heart. And You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I have like I have many students who are repeat behavior issues for me. And one of them specifically related to that issue, one time I remember he looked at me and he said, you hate me, you know, or I think that's what he said. Something like you hate me or you don't like me or something like that. And I was like, I don't, oh yeah, it was hate. Cause I said, I don't hate you. And he's like, yes, you do. You've written me up a million times and blah, blah, blah. You know, you've sent me out of class so many times cause he's really a pain and, uh, he can't be. <laughs> and I said, well, yeah. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, I don't hate you. I don't hate anyone. I just get mad at things you do. And uh, he had like literally never heard someone say something like that, I think, because he was like speechless, which is for him, like, <laughs> that doesn't happen. And uh, he just said, well, that's pretty cool. And um, we've had a better relationship, actually. It's been a few weeks and he's still been, you know, behavior issues for sure. But there's why this way of being would 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 reform society if every if people if people could live that christianity then it wouldn't be this contest of like you just hate me and i hate you you know it's like the difference between like gang wars where you're just you just hate each other versus no you know the old-fashioned like wild west like oh there's bad there's people doing bad things right and like almost like we don't even like we're losing that it's like if you send a kid to the office over and over, you hate him. Anyways, I, I do, I do know exactly what you mean. And, uh, as, as far as that goes, I think that we are called to just be different and it's always been this way, right? That how Jesus says the world will hate you because they hated me. <laughs> so it's always yeah. been that way. It's always, always been this stark contrast, but we're called to keep doing that. And Yeah. Well, to to maybe frame the problem a little, uh, the modern, unfaithful, secular world, the, the last century, people probably don't really think about this too often, but it has been the worst, the bloodiest, more Christians have been brutally murdered and persecuted than ever in 2,000 years. The Nazis, but to be the, fair, the, there's, there's more of us than ever, too. Uh, 
there's more of us, but I, I would say even even if you did on a per capita, it's been far, far worse. The yes. Nazis and the communists slaughtered the, – the Romans wish they could have slaughtered as many of us as they did. Um, Islam has is, is been at war with us for mm, uh, over a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now our society – Is it a thousand? What, hmm. It's well. It's it's over a thousand, right? the seventh century. But uh, <clears throat> the way our society is now, well, I mean, Christianity and it used the phrase Christendom, right, which was referred to basically Western, the Western countries, and because Christianity is what built, it built everything, and the society was sort of held together. By that common glue, right? And now our our society has gone suicidal. It, it really has. Relativism. That is, I call it Catholic enemy number one. Um, the seven deadly sins or the capital vices. It, it, they're, they're now celebrated. I mean, well, Hollywood, what, what Hollywood's done to us. Well, and yeah, exactly. Okay, so I think you can say... Like with everything, every technological advance, there's always the double-edgedness of the sword. So one problem, you know, people, like even with the printing press, when the printing press came, all of a sudden you could spread really good things and you could spread really bad things. Right. And then the movies started, same thing. A lot of people, when movies started to go that way, the westernization of the world, still now people, some people say is more negative than positive. I think for a long time that wasn't true. It was spreading, you know, ingenuity and capitalism and things that were frightening to people. But eventually, yes, I think now everything you see, like any, what used to be perhaps like an obscure, isolated weirdo, that idea can now spread and weirdos can unite that's why people think, oh, there's more atheists now than ever. Atheism's the way to the future. It's not, I think, any more prevalent than it ever was, but it's just you've never been able to get atheists all together. Well, it's... It, it, like it, now. It, it's a very important point you're making. It's like, let's say people before, there was a common thread throughout society that... Even if I don't feel strongly about being a Christian or whatever, or I'm not going to say that out loud because that, you know, it's the mainstream. Well, now it's become quite fashionable to be an atheist, quite fashionable to bash religion, mm-hmm. quite fashionable to be transgendered and all of that because it's just has been brilliantly marketed by our enemies by the by the people you think man evil is taking our society by storm the freaking forces of darkness are delighted right now they are delighted so the way i look at this right so faith whether it's christian jewish whatever your 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 faith is but focusing strictly on christianity it can't be people just think like these parents that bring their kids to the catechism classes and drop them off. And then you don't see those parents at church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just like this. Well, I inherited my faith. You cannot inherit your faith. You can't. My mother helped me 
and, and provided me with the basis for my faith. But I had to make that choice. Every person has to choose. And if, if we've got the forces, uh, the powerful, talented forces like the, the Hollywood and music and all of just society and the social media, if we've got those forces working on our kids to the point where our kids now, they don't think they should judge actions. They, they don't think they should. They don't think there's such a thing as, hey, if that person wants to do that, that's up to them. Um, right. Anyway, uh, Michael Novak, he's a, he's a famous writer, theologian, super smart guy. I've read a lot of his stuff. But he said, uh, here's a quote from him, Don't you dare think that the persecution of Christians will never come to America. Oh, for a long time, it will not be that severe. First, you will be called names. That's already happening. Mm-hmm. Then, when you voice your public beliefs, you will be punished for what you say. That's already happening. You are on the wrong side of history, they will say. You are a bigot. <laughs> the things you believe must not be said ever in an enlightened era. A priest here, a nun there, will be banished when they preach the gospel on controversial matters, unless they confess the opinions of the secularists. Unquote. Yeah, the other day, Pixar on Instagram, <clears throat> much to my... Uh, whatever. They released a picture on, I guess, Inclusion Day, and it was, you know, about being gay, lesbian, transgender. Yeah. I, I don't know why that has to have something to do with an animation company, and why specifically including people of that sexual orientation is so important. I don't know why we're still acting like people who are attracted to the same gender are somehow mistreated in this society, and it's not the case at all. Well, what I don't understand is why if a person, if a, if a young person, a 10-year-old, 11, 12-year-old, became anorexic um, and, and was going around saying, I'm fat, that's why I'm not eating, I can't eat, I'm fat, and they weigh 90 pounds, we would not say to them, oh, yeah, you're, you're fat, you're really fat, here, uh, get away from that food, you're, you're super fat. And that's what we do with these, these, this transgender fad that's happening. Um, encouraging that is child abuse, and, and it is very harmful to the person. The statistics are not anything but clear on this. The suicide rates, the, the way after, after surgeries, the regret, the, it, it's, it's absolutely clear. But there's this drumbeat of, I don't even know what it is, some form of political correctness that has gone absolutely insane with this sort of stuff so the drumbeat is is out there and so it is now it it really is now to where good faithful christian people are afraid to uh to live their faith because i was gonna say on that thread where they posted this picture there were some people who just said sad or said why does pixar have to get political or whatever and man (laughs) Those people, their comments were destroyed. Like, get out of here, bigot! Blah, 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 blah. Hater! And you can't, you know, it's just it's just bizarre because it's like, why is somebody's... <sighs> Anyways, so, okay, so yes, you can't definitely can't talk about that in your public life, uh, about sexual orientation or gender but stuff. But that's, that's just the, the topic du jour. The, the, mm-hmm. the bigger picture is... You can't be uh, uh, openly 
faithful, which is really ironic because talk about persecution. They, yeah. they say they can't be openly gay or transgender. Well, if we even think about public, publicly being like, if I think I'm going to go be, and I, but I do it and, and I don't care that I do it, but it's a lot of places if you do it, I mean, I do it, but I don't do it in a, any kind of obnoxious way, but I definitely wear my faith on my sleeve. Um, sometimes literally I'll, I will have, uh, you know, sacramentals and, and whatnot. And I talk to people, I try to evangelize, I pray for people. I tell people I'll pray for them. Um, I talk to people that I take to jail and they, uh, so often as, as the deputies are taking custody of them and giving me my handcuffs back, the person will say, thank you. And, and a deputy will look at me and why did they thank you for arresting them? I said, cause I treated them like a human being. Um, because that's what Christ wants me to do. He wants me to love them. Love them doesn't mean not arresting them. It means Never mind that one of the corporal works of mercy is to visit those people who are right. You know, and in jail. So, and, and that's and, part of what you're doing. You know, you're, already witnessing to them which i believe can be a, a like a corporal means with our bodies works of mercy you right. have spiritual things you're supposed to you're called to do as a christian and that's the thing about being catholic and being faithful really if you actually want to live your faith it's not the the, the directions are there the tools are there you just follow the directions and you'll be you know yeah it's there for you. There's nothing new under the sun. I know we're saying it's the worst ever right now, but there have always been whatever the always. issues are. Like you said, the issue du jour is what it is right now. But there's guidelines there for us if we follow. I mean, we're Catholics, so we have to say following the church through these things. And not to mention, if you're a Christian, specifically a baptized Christian, the sacraments give you also, grace. Grace is to do things. There's gifts that come with being a Christian. So we're not telling people, this is, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like I was thinking about this, specifically this topic came up to me because I had issues with my, one of my coworkers was kind of mean to me. And it's, like I said, hard to figure out how do I handle this. Um, and I, you know, I, I keep thinking I can do everything with God. He's there with me. He's going to guide me with what to do. He's going to help me through this. As My long license as, plates. <laughs> yes, as long as we work with him. And that's the weird thing about being a Christian. So like I said, you could be somebody who's a maybe just an agnostic or an atheist who tries to live by your own objective set of good things. And that's better than not having objective morals. But also, you know, we, were, we are called to evangelize and tell you guys out there, honestly... For the last few years that I've been tr just trying to be a better Christian and be a better, closer, united to God, things do actually get easier and you see fruits of that. And so you're not, you don't have to do any of this alone. That's huge, by the way. Um, in a lot of the people I deal with that are suffering from horrible, uh, you know, issues in their life that you and I have never, thank God, had to deal with and, and, and other things that we have, you know, addictions and family issues and all. But so many of them, like the woman that I mentioned the other night, the mother, um, she told, uh, this was really a powerful, powerful moment. I, I was in this woman's home. She was just brutally 
ravaged savagely beaten by her own husband and he's been beating her for years and she's got to the point where she shaved the side of her head because he would hit her in the head so that her hair would hide the bumps um so she started shaving her head but she still was too scared to tell because he always threatened to kill her and the kids um so in this particular case she he had got drunk and left and she said here's what she told me and she was crying and I was talking to her as nicely as I could. and um, They often call me in to talk to people like that because I have more patience than a lot of my colleagues. Um, and because I just, I've, I've developed that reputation that I'm quote, a nice guy. And anyway, uh, she said, I don't even believe in God, but I prayed when he left that he wouldn't come back. And then he came back. And, and so she almost like she was saying, there's your proof. Like there is, there is no God. And, yeah. and I said, I said, well, wait. I said, I know he came back, but don't you see the bigger picture? The fact that he came back brought us here. And now we've got him. And he's not coming back here anytime soon. There's seven or eight felonies on his uh, arrest sheet. But more importantly, now, now you've opened a door to us to help you. And you have no idea how many resources there are and how, and the people you're going to meet are victim advocates and all of this. You have no idea. And, and she started thinking about it and then she started crying again and she's like, well, what about food, my kids? And we're like, you just wait and see, you have no idea now that you've opened the door. Um, well, and that, and I, I mean, that's a different, like, you know, another, we could do how many podcasts on prayer, but that's a huge but did part I, of yeah. That's, that's what I finished it. it as. I finished it as all I said to her was not being pushy, but I finished that that part of it by saying, "So you know, for me looking at this, uh, I would I would call that an answered prayer." Well, and that's the thing is, you know, we we've said this before, and this is a fact that everybody it's hard, easier to say than to realize. You you pray for what you think you want, but God will give you what you need. And that's why the, our father is so good. Like yes. your will be done. Like yep. your what at the end of the, every prayer we should always think, but at the end of the day, whatever you, you know best. Oh, how about the old saying, thank God for unanswered prayers. How many things have you wished or prayed for that now you look back and re- and go, wow, I'm really glad I didn't get that. You well, know? and like I'm reading, I just was reading this Christopher West book this weekend on, on the theology of the body, it's, I think, not related exactly to this topic, but this point, I think, is he says that God's calling us to this banquet, this feast, that we all we have to do is just go and stop eating out of the dumpster. What we're doing with all of oh, our I lives like here is we're eating out of the dumpster all the time and with every aspect of our lives. And if you ever just go with God, then you're going to go to the banquet. But all you have to do is stop eating out of the dumpster. That's it. I, I like that a lot. <laughs> I'm so, gonna try to uh, remember that. I, I that was super good. The dumpster thing is it's so spot on that it just makes. Uh, well, you don't um, know that the, it's, it's a dumpster when you're in it because you don't have. Maybe you've never had the banquet, you know. But there's a banquet out there. <laughs> well, none of us just inherently, like I said earlier, you don't just. It's not inherited, and when you choose your faith. Uh, that comes with learning your faith. It comes with, and the more you learn about your faith, uh, and I could certainly say for me as a Catholic, the more I learn about my faith, the more I'm called 
to live in, the more I realize, oh, wait, you mean being a good and faithful Christian doesn't just mean being a nice guy and, and you know, not killing someone? No, it, Even it, going it to actually... Mass. And my apologies to uh, anyone who's confused about faith versus works, um, but it's it's absolutely a fact that if you are faithful, you will do works. They they go together. They, they <laughs> you can't not. Okay, uh, the the thing I wanted, and it's related directly to this. So let's get to it. So we're not overly long, but strategies for us, professional, non professional, whatever. In living in this unfaithful world, God has already given us all the tools we need. We just have to, we just have to follow them. Go ahead, just the seven uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Remember those from uh, you know confirmation and just. Well, I have them here in my Google Doc, so that's good. Wis- that helps. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety. And fear of the Lord. Ah, now my trick question that's not in your Google Doc. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the thing about a gift? You have to accept it. And take it. <sighs> and open it and use it. Not return So it. it's sitting there on your table. These seven things are sitting there. Like there most of are. the gifts we've given you over the years? <laughs> Hey, I'm in my study right now, and they're all being used. They're all around me. Uh, I'm not like my mom with the room of unwanted gifts. Uh, <laughs> she actually had a room. <laughs> um, anyway, th- those are the gifts. And here, here's how you know if you're using those gifts, we have the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit. And those are charity, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Longanimity, which is long-suffering, that's patience under provocation. Yeah, patience. When someone is that kid that you described or the suspect that I described um, and people calling you names, you're being provoked. The world is provoking you. How do you deal with that? And then there's gentleness, faith, modesty, temperance, continence, and chastity. So if, if you accept those gifts— and you're trying your best to live, you're going to have these 12 things that are going to show through. You're going to be a, a patient, kind, good person who's actually happy. Joy is, is joy maybe the biggest one. Yeah. Um, and, so, and also I think all the time about being, like this phrase is always in my mind, slow to anger, rich in kindness. Oh, I like, yeah, I, I do like that a lot. And it's hard for me because I have kind of a short fuse sometimes. And I have to work hard at that. But I think about that. Like when I see people get angry easily, it's probably the, especially if they're a strong Christian, it's probably like the worst, the most antithetical thing you could do to spreading the gospel or evangelizing. When Christians are quick to anger, like you talk yeah. about righteous indignation and there is righteous that, anger, man, but it should come slowly and thoughtfully as opposed to like a short fuse. Anyways, keep going. No, I, you said it perfectly. The, all I'm saying is the recipe for navigating this, this unfaithful secular world is not something we have to invent on our own. It's something that's already been given to us. Mm-hmm. It's already been given to us. And Mother Teresa, uh, God bless that saint 
Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Mm-hmm. She said, God did not put me down here to be successful. He put me down here to be faithful. Well, guess what? She was faithful, and then she was successful. And it says, what did Christ say? He said, uh, if, seek first the kingdom. And like C.S. Lewis, uh, he, that was one of his favorite you know, things. He's like, whatever you're looking for, if you're looking for it and not for God, you're, you're, coming, you're coming up empty. But if you look for God first, then you'll get God and heaven and everything else thrown in in the process. Mm-hmm. So yeah. well, it's already here that, for us. Also that knock and keep knocking, seek and keep seeking. Yes. You keep asking. And like I've I heard something on Catholic Radio, I think it was last week, that I thought was a really great answer. Like even to your, um, like I said, it was about that book on um, – the different developmental stages of youth and their journey through faith, like how to approach your children. Anyways, um, with your teenager who they're agnostic, typical agnostic teenager, early college student, um, you know, a prayer doesn't have to be like this formal thing. It really, wherever you are, talk to God and just say, Hey, I don't know what to do, but are you there? If you are, whatever, talk to me. Like, just opening a dialogue with God and having a gen Like, if your heart genuinely wants to get better, then you will. If you keep asking God for help in that, he'll... Everybody's so individual and unique. And yes, we all receive the same gifts of the Holy Spirit when we accept them that way. But yeah. even just opening that dialogue with God and seeking... Just talk... Like, start today, wherever you are in your faith journey, just talk to God. Like one of my favorite lines is, if you're not as close to God as you once were, who moved? Yeah. <laughs> like he does not move. He is the unmoved mover. So you figure out where you are. If you are having particular issues with wherever, like, like I was this week, like I really had to do some soul searching, like to, first of all, to not beat up on myself too much. Cause that's another pitfall people can fall into, you know, like I'm terrible. I'm awful about self self deprecation and, that kind of thing, or to be hateful towards the people who are causing me stress at work. So finding where I am in my spiritual journey. And so for all anybody out there who's maybe dealing with this too, whatever your particular issues are in your life or work, just talk to God about it and try and, I don't know. No, I, I agree. Um, it's like piety, one of the gifts, right? Uh, that, that doesn't mean that you're acting because <clears throat> because you're going, oh, I need to behave, do this because if I don't, God will be mad at me. It, piety, real true piety means that you do it because you want to do it, because you know that it's good and right. Um, I have cops ask me all the time, why are you why are you being so freaking nice to that guy or that girl or whatever? And I just tell them because I'm supposed to be. I, I, it does me no good to – I've had people literally spit in my face. And one of the guys who did that, I, I had at least five different cops tell me that they just shook their head in amazement and said that I've never seen a cop stand there and not hit the guy or something. <laughs> well, and we could also have these kind of issues with our spouses or our kids, like the amount of patience you show your children if they're being inc- incredibly rude to you. You're also going to be a Christian, a Christian witness to them in those situations. Or when you apologize after, 
that's something big for for kids to see for you to forgive your spouse in front of your children or to be loving to you know so well and to finish the piety thing my my only real point there was that one is to me the one where by us behaving in a way that it's obvious to people that this is who you really are you really are this you know patient or loving or kind person that's what that's where Christ told, he said, they'll know that you're my followers by your love. Uh, so this is how we evangelize in this world. This is how we do it. Uh, everyone that knows me at work knows that I'm a, a, a practicing and I try to be a good, strong Catholic. I leave in my in the locker room. My locker is open when I'm in there. I have giant St. Francis prayer on it. Um, I give my teammates these St. Michael, uh, patron saint of law enforcement, challenge coin things and get them blessed. And, and I tell them, I even tell them, hey, uh, one of my voodoo Catholic priests bless these things for you guys, you know. Um, so we witness in different ways. You don't have to be the Bible thumper or any of that. You People ask me about my license plates all the time because I have Philippians 4.13. Um, and I, it, Although it, this it is how... We, should, we shouldn't use the fake St. Francis quote, preach the gospel when necessary, use words. That is yeah, a, no, let's... let's Let's avoid that one. That was never actually said by Davis. No. Um, anyway, I just thought by, for those of you who don't know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, fruits of the Holy Spirit, very biblical, comes right out of Scripture. Um, the gifts are wisdom, again, wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. And not fear of the Lord. Uh, what's that one quote, Jess, that we, sh- we, don't, uh, we don't love God out of fear, we fear him out of love, whatever, but it doesn't mean what people typically think it means. It means there's more to it. Anyway, and then the fruits kind of, of like the Holy awe Spirit. of the Lord. Yeah. And then uh, fruits of the Holy Spirit, charity, which is love, um, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, longanimity, that's long-suffering, remember, patience, under provocation, gentleness, faith, modesty, temperance, and chastity. So look those up. Uh, for yourself and think about that. If well, you're I wondering, can look at that list right now, and I can tell you, I can feel where I lack. And you can also, you, you yourself, anybody out there, Lord, yes, look at that list and see where am I not showing this, and with who, and you can look yourself in the mirror and. Th- this is like the world's greatest checklist for uh, a personal spiritual progress. If you put the twelve fruits of the Holy Spirit and the seven gifts just on a little card on your fridge or something, and you spend a minute or two meditating about one of them as they relate to you and ask yourself, like, at the end of the day questions, how was I on this and how was I on that? Mm-hmm. Every day I, I, I could give myself a D minus or even an F on some of them. Other ones I can have days where, hey, I'm pretty good. I have a B on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is how you do it, man. If our question beginning this podcast was, how do you live faithfully in an unfaithful world? Um, professionally, privately, personally, this is how you do it. You do it with the the gifts and the blueprint that God gave us. That's our, that's always been there. It's laying on the table, and that's how you do it, man. Yeah, because if you know, we would have to say that for the most part, saints or or you know some of our favorite priests or like our grandma that we talk about um, exemplifies these. You know, when you think about that person who's a really, really 
so that's who I that's who I want to be. And Lent's coming like real fast this year. Yep. Just a few days after my daughter turns one years old. On I so know. so we go Valentine's Day to April Fools for Lent <laughs> this year. <laughs> Easter Sunday is on April Fools Day. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I try to always ask myself about being the cool kid and being the popular because I think that's one that that gets our kids. I use this with my youth group a lot. Is you know who do you want to be popular with? And and right now when you're 13, 14, you want to be popular with the other 13 or 14 year olds in social media. But if you can get them out of that box for a minute and definitely with grownups, it's like, really? Yeah. You're going to, we're going to do a peer pressure thing because Matthew sixteen twenty six. what will it profit a man if he gains the world and forfeits his soul or life? And what shall a man give in return for his life? So, who do you want to be popular with? I want to be popular <clears throat> with Jesus Christ because I'm going to spend the rest of eternity. Actually, when people say the rest of eternity, it makes me laugh. There is no rest of eternity. That's as if they're saying there was some amount of eternity has been poured out and now there's no Although rest of I it. did hear the most fascinating <clears throat> uh, topic from a priest on open line something saying that we as humans will always be in time to some degree. Because that's the way that God made us and that we will never truly be outside of time in the same way as God and maybe the angels. I thought that was very bizarre. And I, we have to talk about that sometime. sometime. That's, that, that is, I, I will take, not knowing the context and the full part, I will take immediate exception to that. Well, just like there's because, some part because of Because our... we know, but we know that time will end. It, the, it's very clear. Our faith, uh, the church teaches, the Bible teaches. Time it's will very end, clear. but I, he was, I think his point was like that we will always be able to access memories in that way because oh. a huge part oh. of our being, unlike any oh, other I, beings. I agree. So isn't that I weird? Agree. So we'll be like yeah. outside of time, but we will always have a part of us that can, you know, is linked to time. Very well, weird. Because our, our, it, it'll be in our essence and our essence will not, but other Are, beings don't have that, you know, like right. angels and then, but God, but then maybe Jesus. Anyways, very bizarre thought uh, about yeah. speaking of time. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be with God and Jesus for all of eternity, hopefully, if we finish the race and persevere. And so, yeah, he's the one who we should really be uh, working to be friends with. The other uh, thing for everyone to keep in mind <clears throat> is throughout history, every time, no, first of all, no civilization, <clears throat> no society, no civilization has ever persevered. They're, they've all crumbled. Um, they, they've all crumbled. They're gone. Uh, the Roman Empire is gone. The, the, all of them, the Sumerians, uh, <clears throat> they've evolved and changed and become other things, splintered, broken apart. The only thing that hasn't is the Catholic Church and the like the Orthodox um, the Jews, right? God's chosen people. And that is what endures. Everything else, nothing else endures. Nothing else endures. And you can see our society literally coming apart at the seams. The things that held it together are not there anymore. Or they're there, but they're, they're, they're so weak and they're so stretched. And those things, by the way, are us. So any uh, Christian li- listening to us right now, including myself, we got to wear that like our eyes should be like that emoji where your eyes are super wide because 
we are what's holding this society together. And all those people that hate us and that spit at us and that call us names and bigots and all of that, we have to give them Christian love and tough love because even though it would be easy to square up against them and say, it, we're actually called to convert them. We're called yeah. to love our enemies and we're called to uh, to take the gospel to the world. The gospel means good news. And so if we live as Christians and and do things that people look at us and say, okay, so that per- he doesn't really behave like a bigot and the things I've been told, that's how we do it. Well, and in I, Isaiah, yeah. go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I spent a couple days this year in my class where, where the other teachers did not, having my kids learn about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and do a picture of him. And that's because I'm kind of being a little sneaky there. But if you study Dr. King, you see someone who did all those things. He lived Absolutely. the faith of that. He had a, you know, he wasn't Catholic, but he was a very devout Christian at the end of his life. And um, so if I like to have kids study figures like that, especially somewhat, uh, you know, he's pretty modern as far as it it goes in, you know, when we study sometimes these, like Abraham Lincoln, it feels like far away. Dr. King's pretty recent and he lived this life and he did call people out, but he did it in a loving way. He didn't allow bigotry to go on and they call us bigots, but really (laughs) we're, you know, I don't know, like you're saying. Uh, The irony of them calling us bigots is it absolutely chokes you. It's, it's absolutely incredible. It's the worst kind of projection in the world. So, uh, remember that Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 13, God said, I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will put an end to the pride of the arrogant and lay low the haughtiness of the ruthless. So, and that's just one, there's no end of verses, uh, and there's no end of examples in the Bible and in history where people and civilizations have been smote (laughs) Mm -hmm. by the Lord. And those who remember when uh, it's Nineveh, right? It's Jonah. Mm -hmm. When he goes through, then it 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 takes like three days to walk through Nineveh, such a big place. And Mm -hmm. it's, that's in Iraq, uh, modern day Iraq. Yeah. I um, just actually read that recently. Anyway. So yeah, he's walking through. God told him he was a prophet and God Mm -hmm. told him, tell him I'm coming. He's like, no, I don't want to. And, but he walked through and he told him, God's coming here and he's going to get you. And the people actually listened to him. Mm-hmm. And they put on sackcloth and they laid on the ground and they fasted. And God looked down at that and he said, awesome. Like that Jesus <laughs> yeah. thing that uh, that GIF file that someone put on her thread with Jesus with the thumbs up. Yeah, um, I love that one. That's what happened. That's what happened. And And see, we could do the same thing. Because America was blessed at its founding. There's no way that God did not have a huge part in founding this nation. And I know in our America podcast, we, you and I talked about that. Mm-hmm. But look what it's done. Look what's happened to this, this shining city on the hill now. And it's us, man. Christians, well, it's hello. So, it's it's so us. Crazy. We got to fix it. Yeah, well, we, we're so self-deprecating. We're so quick to be like, okay, sorry, you're right. When it's like, we should be right. so loud and proud and say, excuse me, do you know why you have an inalienable rights uh, in this country? Because we reminded, you know, we went to war with people who were lording it over us. And the yes. foundation of that was based on 
God. We know, we only get on if, if God doesn't exist, you don't have inalienable rights. You have whatever the rights are of that particular government or ruler or whatever. Whoever currently has the the largest standing army, in other words, might makes right. But like so much of it, it, it just it's so you know we've talked about this before in my college life yeah. when we would see like they're just talking so much crap about Christians in every class in every subject all the time and I'm like excuse me. Why do we ha- are we in a university started by Christians? Why do we have hospitals started by Christians? Like, why do we have schools? I, it's just universities. I love that. Uh, so public that, schools. That's why I like your longanimity. I uh, you know I haven't read that list in so long. It, patience under provocation. That is very important. Long suffering. Keep it going. Finish <clears throat> the race. What is that? Whatever that verse is. I've yeah. I have finished the race. That's what we're Saint called Paul. to do. I fought okay. the good fight. I gotta go. Um, I've got kids and cats and. Wow, beautiful. Things are going bad here. All right, so what have we learned? We learned that we're not perfect. We have many of the same problems the rest of this stupid secular world has. We fall victim to it all the time. I find myself being worldly way too often. But we have the secret. We have the superpowers of the gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit. They're on the table. We just have to open them. Yeah, be, you know, just don't get down on yourself too. I think I do that a lot. I think there's a lot of scrupulosity in a lot of us trying to do this. And that's the devil at work as well. If you haven't read screw tape letters, I think I need to reread that. Remind yourself oh. that the devil is always there trying to tell you you're no good. There's no point. Just give up, watch TV and don't just forget it. And I fall so, into that trap. A lot. Yeah. Now there is uh, a man you may not have heard of people. His name was Carol. Well, yeah, it's a Polish mm. name. Hard to hard to pronounce. He said something that is profound and simple, and many profound simple, simple things. <laughs> but this is his. This is the one, man. This okay. is the money. This is how we win our own race, and it's how we pull this sick secular world back to where it needs to be. We. We do it this way. Do not abandon yourselves to despair. We are the Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. Yes. Just be, you are beautiful. You are wonderful. Each one of you out there. Every time this, like, every time you see someone who disgusts you or who infuriates you or when you yourself make, you know, you're just done with yourself. God made you. You're very important. You have you are, an integral, how, how did he make you? He made you just like him. You are part of God and you're part of Christ's plan. You have a place. You're very important. Don't forget that. Uh, Psalm 139. You said God made you. I praise you because I praise you, God, because you made me fearfully and wonderfully. Your works are wonderful. I am one of your works. I know that full well. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are Easter people, man. That means we're happy and joyful. That one gift, uh, the one fruit, joy. Show that joy. Be happy to be an Easter person. People will notice. Take care of our own little corner of the world. And if we all do that. Go watch Lord of the Rings. Get yourself inspired. Okay, we got to go. Thank you for tuning in again. We'll be. We'll have at least one more podcast before Lent. Yeah. We'll oh, get... uh, yes. We we have some other types we need to get to. Also, we have some secular topics that aren't necessarily related to faith and religion that are coming up. So stay tuned. 
All right. Bye, Pop. Love you. Keep moving forward, people. Hey, that's my line. God bless. All right.